Okay, I want to make sure that's functioning right. Okay, I think we're as good as we're going to get. That is your review of uh, the group, I assume, Dave. Ooh, uh, <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> this is the group. And this is the group. You fooled the group. You even surprised yourself, didn't you? But not Dick Brown. Dottie. Played by me, Joan Hackett. Shall we discuss modern architecture? It's like talking about current events. Or anything at the dentist. To delay the drill. Turned out rather funny, didn't it? She was small and shy and a Democrat, while her husband was a pediatrician and a Republican. He was experimenting with Pris and the baby. I'm Elizabeth Hartman, who plays Pris in the group. Because I couldn't talk about myself and men, the girls assumed there was nothing in my life to confide. I was poor Polly. My name is Shirley Knight. It's bliss with you, Gus. How would you know without a point of comparison? Plump, lazy, and the richest girl in the group is Pokey, played in the film by me, Mary Robin Red. To Libby, Pokey's a bit of a cow. Poor Polly. Well, she's sweet. Case on the verge of a nervous breakdown or worse, but I love them. They're my group. I'm Jessica Walter, who portrays Libby. Oh, no, Neil, please. Oh, no. No. Oh, that's enough. No! That's enough! It's not that I don't like men. I simply haven't found the right one. Helena is the girl I play. I'm Kathleen Widows. I think you should decide to do without sex. Do without sex. Lots of women do and thrive on it. Do you know what your friend Kay used to say about you? That you're a neutral. I've heard that. The first to marry, the first to find a job, and the first to leave the group. I'm Joanna Pettit, who portrays Kay. Ah! Oh, you bastard! Snobbish, fierce, contradictory, and controversial. I'm Candace Bergen, who portrays Lakey in the group. She was lovely when I first asked her to join us. She was like a wildflower. She had a fine, strong back. Tapering waist. Were you in love with Kay? This is the group. Considering who's involved in it, Directing-wise and star-wise, I really strangely had high hopes for this. Because whenever you pick an older movie that has a low score, you never really know, right? Because there's usually only like 11 reviews max. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of like, maybe it'll be fine. Um, In this case, six (laughs) is what's officially on the Rotten Tomatoes page and... This is uh, just under 
my threshold, 67%. So from six reviews. Right. 58% from audience, 250 reviews, which I found shocking. that There were 250 people <laughs> rating this on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I had not heard of this film. I was not aware of it. Uh, nope. I just It's sort of uh, harking back to <laughs> one of my favorite episodes that we've done on this podcast. Maybe not favorite film watching experiences, but knowing that you were in it with me somewhere across the city which was The Slugger's Wife, which was Oof. a Hal Ashby film, Neil Simon script. And I was like, oh, why have I never heard right. of this? In this case, we have Sidney Lumet, and you have an all-female-led cast, and that's, I think, the first problem. Not the fact that it's all-female, but the fact that there are eight. <laughs> eight characters right. we're, we're following as they graduate college and move on to adulthood. Uh, it's, it's a lot. The, the runtime is two and a half hours long, which you also warned me about. And I was already aware of, but Yikes. I felt like you were warning me as you were watching it, not just that you were reading figure. Was I accurate on that? Or were you just looking at the stats before you, you went into it? That was my first attempt at watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Where I got about five minutes in and I was like, oh. This is going to be a long sit. Dave had had enough of the hen house at that point. Like, oh, God, what is this? Like, women talking. Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> That Mike, was the you... part that made me feel the worst. Is that this female-led movie that was supposedly set in the 30s, mm -hmm. but didn't feel like that at all. It definitely felt no. like the 50s and 60s. And man, so many characters, so few characters that I cared about. <laughs> I had a Wikipedia up, which is not an extensive write-up if you're trying to you know, get cliff notes for it. I was mainly just trying to follow the plot as it were, because I was, you know, um, it's an interesting narrative tactic to... Um, follow the thread when most of the characters when they name another person that they're talking about they're never on screen because they're talking about the other <laughs> right. members of the group to someone else and i'm like which one is dotty chris like i'm i'm like can we get a um like like i'm watching an nfl game can we get chris to come a up ticker. and say this is me from vassar college i majored in this and i'm like okay i got you because the other thing with watching classic film i don't think like if this was like a modern release you know we're not we're not doing sarah polly's women talking although there is an awful lot of women talking here um <laughs> is that other than uh big murph murphy brown i don't really know who these and she's gone are. for the whole movie i thought she was well i guess she is the one that is talked about a lot like she yeah. seems to be the uh the the alpha if uh, you know as the alpha hands group is that yeah. what you're saying um i mean i i dig it like i you and i both were big fans of the recent uh soderbergh movie that i think was one of the early hbo max premieres where it's uh murphy brown and merrill right. on a boat and you know oh yeah that film is Give me that you know let them all talk well so I'm, i guess i was trying to get a 60s version of that dave and i agree with you as far as <laughs> feeling bad because um, I suppose the novel that this is an adaptation of was 
you know, controversial was banned in other countries, not here. Right. Uh, I can't remember if Ireland was one. I don't know. It just seemed kind of random which countries were, were banning <laughs> it um, because of its uh, pretty forward, uh, I guess, discussion of contraceptives. And right. you do have a gay character here and just the, the sex talk in general. Um, I'd say it's probably still pretty progressive even for 2023 as far as having this many Sad. women and the focus be primarily on their lives. That being said, um, not to sound like a probably studio executive, let's cut out at least two of them. <laughs> let's, right. let's, let's, this is quite a bit to, to keep track of. And I don't even know if it would work in a novel, to be honest, because I think I would lose the thread there. But certainly here where... Um, the fact is that it's like it's like the uh, the down times of Boogie Nights for almost the entire movie. <laughs> as soon as they graduate college, right, everything sucks for them. All of their personal lives. The only thing that doesn't suck is when they're putting on a facade with each other about how great things are, which just makes the movie right. even more depressing to watch. And right. I can admire uh, how abrasive it is in that, in that almost every male character these women oh come across God. are horrible. <laughs> so it bad. Is... The best one is pseudo cheating on his wife. That's the best. It's it is uh, rel relentless in um, yes uh, how agonizing their lives are. I did see a letterbox review that uh, I guess kind of complained about that, saying like, "Well, yes, <laughs> all the men are bad, but we're also still looking at like you know the." Um, just upper class as far as in their problems mm. and that that's fair to a point but i also don't think that just a film strictly about the privileged does not mean that well now show me someone who's got it worse show me a poor person just so we can put this in context like i'm i'm accept, accepting the premise of the film that it's about a certain uh lifestyle that most people would not be privy to like i enjoy watching I mean, you know, uh, Wes Anderson movies. Does anyone ever take him to task for like how rich and sort of jobless the, those people are? Or they just deem it as quirky. Um, sure. I don't think there's anything really quirky here. It's just, <laughs> it's just primarily sad and um, hopeless. I that's what I felt like. I was like, wow, this is going to be a hopeless episode because I'm going to come into it saying, <laughs> right. um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any rays of uh, sunshine here other than I applaud your efforts at being honest about how much life sucks, Mr. Right. Company. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I think you bring up this great point of how many characters there are and they have odd names and you can't really keep track. And I feel like this kind of movie only works if it's cast with like six mega superstars. So you're like, oh, that's Nicole Kidman, and that's Angela Bassett, and that's Meryl Streep. Fine. <laughs> but this, you kind of, at least to me, have two known actresses. One of them gone for 90% of the movie, and the other one I only know because I watched Arrested Development. Like, that's... <laughs> Mm. <laughs> that's yeah. the only connection because she sounds exactly the same in this and many years later in Arrested Development and she's she's really enjoyable she's fun but the the movie is you chose the exact right word 
relentless. Like, I'm, you know, Mike, I'm fine with a dour movie, with a sad movie, with movies about trauma and longing and all that stuff. But you need a little bit of balance. And this movie has none. And sure, maybe that's because of the source material. But, like, you chose the source material, so this one's really on you, Sydney. Uh, and it's so weird to watch a lesser movie from a known great director. Like, you go down that man's filmography, and it's pretty intimidating. And I think there's a reason no one's heard of this. It's not very fun. I mean, even 12 Angry Men is more fun than this. I love how Dave <laughs> opens with uh, the uh, the hen house talk. And now he's, he's going to give me, give me nothing but men. Jesus, that actually worked. Okay, um, Dog Day Afternoon, that's more yeah. fun. Um, I will give, uh, I've always appreciated about Lament's work is that he doesn't really seem to have a uh, sort of uh, auteur sensibility like he he can jump from yeah uh, one type of story and uh have a completely different style as it i guess serves the subject matter um and this is one of those things where i i sort of throw my hands up and say i i guess you accomplished what you wanted to i don't <laughs> it's certainly it's certainly not entertaining <laughs> and uh it's it is definitely the wrong film for this time this podcast because we're coming out of you know covid and the trump years and i guess i'm a little bit more i have an itchy trigger finger when it comes to the remote as far as am i enjoying this is this a good use of my time to be entertained and that's (laughs) even with watching this for a podcast a filmmaker i respect and just really a concept that i'm into i'm like okay women's lives right as you said set in the 30s but really okay released in the 60s so i'm at least getting the 60s sensibilities of looking back on prior decades and it i mean it it did not take long for me to you know start reaching for my phone as i said start trying to make my own sort of notes just so i can follow uh whom (laughs) is being discussed how'd that Uh, work out for you good at a certain point doesn't matter it's like when when you're everyone has a bad life it's fine. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not really uh, playing along with the characters as I try to avoid in real life as far as winning at whose life <laughs> sucks the most. I've never, I, I've, I've got a, some friends that love nothing more and tell you how much worse they have it than you, either at their job, personal life. And I always just bow out of that because I'm like, you, you can win this competition. You can lap me in this. I'm not, I'm not going to compete <laughs> right. you got in me. that regard. Um, so it's one of those things that most of the reviews I were look I was looking at as far as from Letterbox with just modern uh, film fans, it was a lot of I respect this more than I enjoyed this. Even with Why? the ones that gave it, high <laughs> I'm ratings. just trying to figure out where the respect comes from. I don't think it's even really worthy of that. Like there are movies that are slogs to get through, but you're like, okay, I. I understand what you were going for, and I appreciate it, and there are moving moments. This, I also found myself reaching for my phone. I actually had to restart the first 20 minutes because I realized I have no idea what's happening right now. 
Like, I, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> who got married? Are they... Is that just from where? zoning out? Like Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it. Like, I was in a dark room looking at a screen. And I was like, wait, who's that? Has she been here the whole time? Because I got nothing. But luckily, Tessa, sad for her, wanted to watch it. So it gave me the perfect example to you know, start over. Uh, so it's like, here's what's this movie about. Do you want to watch it? And then she made an error and said yes. So what do you think the perspective of, and I, I say this with no prior knowledge, as I said, of this film nor the source material. Mm-hmm. What do you think the perspective of, I will just say the, the filmmaker here, because uh, I don't really know how much they deviated from the novel. Uh, I'm hoping not, given the amount of characters. I'm hoping that this. Could is you imagine the... if there were like six more that oh, were cut? God. Uh, I'm hoping this is the the Snyder cut version. Right, right. As is. Um, do you think the perspective is as negative as it can come across? Is that no matter the upbringing or uh, the head start in life with the, their privilege and coming from the, the right families that women from this generation were destined uh, and almost trained to accept a certain degree of unhappiness in their lives. Cause in, in that regard, I don't think you need the two and a half hours, but I guess the two and a half hours really makes you feel it. <laughs> as far as in all the worst ways. Yes. <laughs> I think I think what it's going for is this idea that the only thing these women really have to lean on is each other. But I think it wholly misses the mark. Because as you said, even when they're together, they're all putting on this front like, everything is fine. My father doesn't have a mental health disorder. Um, my husband isn't beating the living shit out of me when he gets drunk. Everything is good. The only character who has a tiny bit of happiness is our lesbian character. Because she has forsaken the world of men entirely. <laughs> and, and left, left her friend group the country. Behind. Left yes, everyone. Has... Yeah, that's the move. Is the Candace Bergen... Leave the country and everyone you know. Um, and of course, that will have to come to an end uh, because wartime <laughs> begins. <Yeah. so laughs> Fucking you must, Hitler ruining everything. You must, yeah. <laughs> add you know an, another notch in his belt is <laughs> ruining a fine lesbian relationship. You know, unwittingly, yes. I guess. God, um, just when you thought you couldn't hate Hitler more, thanks, Murphy Brown. What do you make of the group's uh, reaction to, uh, or even just the fact that the film, I guess, was putting out there a lesbian relationship, but now that's used as sort of like bookending in a way, her being with the group and leaving and then returning, and they realize right. there's this whole different side to her that they were not privy to, which, as you've just said, all of them have sides that they're not revealing to each other <laughs> yes, about their lives. Yes. So this was 68, is that right? 66? When this came out? Six. Sixty-six. Yes. Right. So for the time, wildly progressive to have. I would assume at this point your biggest star cast, 
and have her character be queer. That's amazing. What's less amazing, looking from 2023, is, of course, she is paired with a very brusque, masculine woman. Like, it's very much the stereotype, like the lipstick lesbian and the butch lesbian. But you have to remember, 1966, and the, the only character who has a truly awful reaction is, of course, one of these shithead men like, who mm. just starts calling her all sorts of slurs and be, and like, stop the car. I'm not going to be a, around this nasty lesbian. So I'm you're like, saying oh, there's geez, not a go. lot of Everyone cultural else... growth from this film coming in the 60s, mid-60s, to Jason Lee's character in Chasing Amy. Not, not much discernible difference. Boy, that's, that's sad. But, <laughs> yeah, it's... What? It's rude. Man, when are we ever going to get a chance to see this kind of shit live without paying for it? Sorry, it's just it's new to him. Oh, and you're an old hand at this? No, no, I should apologize. I don't normally get all messy in public, but it's been a while since I've seen Kiln here. You know what? I want to dance. Go ahead. I'll watch from here. No, I want to dance with you. Don't be such a rag. I have to sit here and work up the desire to fuck you later. Please. <laughs> yes? You said fuck. She said fuck. You said fuck to that girl. You said that you'd fuck her. And? Well, how can a girl fuck another girl? Were you talking about strap-ons or something? Oh, Jesus, would you shut up? What? It's okay. I, I just, I don't know how many times I can apologize for it. No, Binky, I've never used a strap-on. Well, then what's with saying fuck? Shouldn't you say eat her out or at least modify the term fuck with something like fist? Let me ask you a question. Can men fuck each other? What, are you asking for my permission? In your estimation. Sure. So, for you to fuck is to penetrate. You're used to the more traditional definition. You inside some girl you duped, jackhammer in a way, not noticing that bored look in her eyes. Hey, I always notice that bored look in her eyes, all right? <laughs> Fucking is not limited to penetration, Banky. For me, it describes any sex when it's not totally about love. I don't love Kim, but I'll fuck her. I'm sure you don't love every girl you sleep with. Some of them I downright... But all the female characters, like, it's not as if everyone welcomes this with open arms, but they all just kind of pretty quickly accept it. Like, they're just like, okay, that's fine, that's your life. Okay, let's go on to the next thing, which unfortunately happens to of course. be a funeral. Of course, with this fucking um, movie. But... <laughs> Because it's not horrible enough. We have to make it worse. But it's one of the things that I like structurally about this is that it opens with, if I'm remembering the character right, which do not fucking quote me on who any of these people are. But I think it starts with her wedding and ends with her funeral. It's very poetic in the way it kind of wraps up. And it's the two things that have brought this group all together at the same time is 
affirmation of life and death. And that's kind of a lovely way to wrap things up. But it's still, of course, horribly sad. I think the wedding is the only moment of kind of pure happiness. And everyone there is very loud and very excitable. And then the movie just goes downhill in energy from that point on. about the financial prospects of this couple and... The fact that yep. they, you know, this is not the wedding, yeah. probably of anyone's dreams, but you know, it's just it's kind of what they have to do. Yeah, um, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> gosh, I mean, and I I would even argue that the the wedding sequence in the Deer Hunter is perhaps more happy, and that's with men preparing to go to <laughs> Vietnam and presumably die. Uh, still more hopeful. Sadly, I think all of that movie <laughs> is more hopeful yes. and fun. Even the Russian roulette. Yes. I mean, exactly. I guess there's a chance for those men as traumatized as they're going to be. Yeah, for escape. <laughs> for any of the women. Um, I said last week, uh, I'm, I'm sort of with our uh, slight pivot in format that I'm not attempting to match up with the sight and sound list as we we go make our way down the list uh, <laughs> Clearly. because most of that that list will be a first time watch and i tried to to mirror uh that you know i'm like well i'm familiar with uh get out so this time i'll make sure it's something i've not seen um right other than the fact that there's a, a lot of white ladies which I, I don't think they're the villains in this piece like allison williams was last time uh no, it's the white there man. There was a recency bias, at least in my mind, where I thought, hey, this one would be improved if there were some other women that would finally tell each other, get out here. <laughs> Just whatever it is that's <laughs> yes. going on in your life, <laughs> this needs to end. Well, even when they do, there's the whole sequence where she has to go in the mental hospital, essentially, and they try to break her out. They're like, well, we'll hide you under a coat. Let's go. And she's just like, you know what? No, I'm going to make him come back here and apologize. (laughs) Just like, maybe leave the horrible hospital and then deal with the rest of this, please. So even when a nice white lady who has a crazy dad who cooks duck a la range or whatever the fuck, nobody listens. <laughs> Including Dave as he zones out. He's he's watching the screen. Yes. He's sitting right in front of it. He's not got his phone out. He's not playing a game. Got not nothing. a message. Um <laughs> what what basic storytelling traits do you think this film is missing? I, I'm agreeing with you that I had to I had to hit that back button many a time because I realized I was not <laughs> listening anymore, even though I'm saying what is it that it's like the movie is not cueing you in that something is important. And I guess it's because they're deeming everybody important. They're, they don't treat anyone right. as a secondary right. character. That's it. That's it exactly. As I was watching this with Tessa, I was like, this would never be good. But if we were to hone in the focus or home in the focus on one of these women and have the rest of them be like satellites around her and like helping her out and having their own little lives and side adventures and we get little pieces of it, fine. Yes, exactly. But instead, 
they try to give equal time to at least four of these women. And then you have two or three of the women, God knows how many of them <laughs> there are, who they're like, oh yeah, she's a person in this movie. I forgot about her entirely. Because the movie is not interested in anything pleasant. <laughs> it just is like, oh, your life is okay? Fuck you. I want to talk to the women who are being harassed and beaten and driven to accidental suicide. That's really what we're interested in. So I think it just becomes unwieldy unless you're going to make this like a, a limited miniseries. You have like eight episodes and then you can really kind of explore this stuff. But to try and fit it into even two and a half hours is... It's just an exercise in futility. You end up not caring about any of these women instead of caring very much about one or two. I just want to do a little exercise here for for whatever listeners we have 25 okay. minutes in. This is... Do I need the cast list no, 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 for you this don't. I, I mean, well, I guess you could be, you know, <laughs> you could maybe take be the only one who could take the quiz here. Uh, this is the Wikipedia entry for this. After their days at a prestigious Eastern University, eight devoted women friends, that's kind of weird, eight, eight devoted women friends go their separate <laughs> ways. Wealthy and very beautiful, Lakey has always regarded as their leader, leaves for Europe to begin a new life on, on her own. Okay. Dem okay domestic sure. lives of the others go mainly Ari. That's, I, I think that's kind of <laughs> cute. Whoever did this. <laughs> Pris marries an overbearing, controlling doctor and has two miscarriages before she gives birth oh, to a right. son. Oh, right. The miscarriages. Two of them. Um, <laughs> well, and the miscarriages are just like, here's some text on the screen. Mm -hmm. Anyway, another mm -hmm. baby died. Back mm -hmm. to the other story. Kay, who is Lakey's pet and was always less sophisticated and wealthy than the other members of the group, marries an abusive playwright who cheats on her. So that's the, the deer hunter oh, right, sequence right. there. Uh-huh. <laughs> After an unhappy affair with a cold, sarcastic painter, Dottie gives up a flamboyant lifestyle in Greenwich Village to settle down with a dull Arizona businessman. So, so far on the scales, I don't know where that ranks. Not bad. Not bad, but also could be, you know, I guess. Also not happy. Uh, revolutionary also, road without side the point, so far. Side point, really quickly. It blew me away that that sarcastic, cold playwright um, Richard Mulligan, I think, star of Empty Nest. Do you remember that show? That, like, that was a was it like a fairly? It's like a spinoff of the Golden Girls, fairly long running think, NBC program. Yes, back when that could yep. happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see, where yep. was I? Pokey, Pokey has her hands full with two sets of twins. That is the total write up for Pokey. So. I don't remember her at all. Um, I know where. I mean, I stand. I'm. I'm still. <laughs> I'm still going with the miscarriages over the two sets of twins at this point. Yes. Still um, worse. Mm -hmm. Helena travels the world, but is unable to find happiness at home. Of course, in, in this movie, why? Why would she? <laughs> <laughs> While catty and ambitious Libby become successful in the literary world, despite lacking depth. 
I'm like, God, damn, this this fucking summary is like, Jesus Christ! Like, it, you could travel the world. <laughs> if I read that, I would be like, I'm not travel watching the world. This. That's, but I just want to remind awful. you in the same sentence. But she never finds happiness. By the way, she travels the world. Yes, yes, she does really well for herself. But fuck her too. Libby, She's successful be sad. in the literary world. No depth though. Kind of sucks. I mean, I guess you know, <laughs> successful for those people, but not for the right people. Um, <laughs> I think we're on the last uh, last of the lady folk here. Polly has an affair with a married man. All right. But later finds real happiness with a kind doctor. Okay. I don't remember that. I was actually all. about to say, does she find real <laughs> happiness? I didn't take it that way, but oh. I was beaten into submission by Mr. Lamette here. <laughs> this is what passes for <laughs> happiness in the group. <laughs> This is as good as it and that's, gets. And uh, I, I dropped the uh, first and last section, which was about uh, Murphy Brown coming back home. Because that seemed to be the only character we were interested in and yeah. talked about. And then everyone else kind of runs together. I, I Even having read it off, and when I edit and listen back, I still will yeah. misremember Polly, Pris, Helena, Dottie. I, I don't know which one. I don't know. Polly, Pris. Pokey, yeah, what about Dave? Can you, which one ended up in Arizona? Do you remember? Dotty, <laughs> you <Damn>. dumb bastard! <laughs> Dotty, of course. All I remember is K. K has it bad. I, I think she added the words. Here's the other little quiz. I thought I thought maybe we would do uh, in our, our sort of pivot today. Uh, so okay. we at the end of Get Out, we were both in agreement. Like, hey, yeah, this one will stand the test time. Like, it, of course, it's hard to say that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, of course it will, because. I don't know what a hundred yes. years ago they were saying. This will be remembered. That that was not. Um, I think it's probably safe to say that my first foray into doing a top one hundred. I don't think this one would crack it. I don't know what. I don't know what no. AFI one hundred years one hundred <laughs> uh, depressing thrills. I don't know what uh, it would make. But I'm, I'm guessing. Is there a name for a depressing thrill? I mean. They definitely hit a lot of the, I guess, high slash low points of of a life. They they've really got a lot of that stuff going on in two and a half hours. I mean, we didn't even talk about. It, I guess the in the well, the summary didn't. The attempted rapes are in there too. I mean, you oh, you have that as well. That geez. that wasn't even that didn't even rank to be in the Wikipedia entry. <laughs> pushes him off, and he like accuses her of being boring. Oh, like, you're just a verge. Just... It would have been fun anyway to rape you. Like what? <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, you said it hits the high points and the low points, and I half agree. No, I'm saying it's the high points of the lows. It's trying to to get the extreme extreme lows. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Agreed. Man, I cannot imagine... That there's a worse Lumet movie. Can you? It's, he did do work you a know? lot. Have but... you seen? <laughs> I don't know. I think the runtime. I'm going to guess not because Oof. I'm. I'm all for brevity. I just uh, recorded an episode yes. on uh, projecting film with Webb for a new slasher movie called Sick, and I was at work today, and mm-hmm. he, I have this guy that you know he would never he would never dig up the group from 1966. <laughs> But he will, whatever is new, he will watch. If it's like what came out this week, he will pick something, be it at the theaters or at home. 
And I'm like, well, I watched Sick. I was like, that's a new movie. Have you heard of it? And he's like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, well, it's on Peacock. And that, like with anybody in any walk of life that gets a chuckle, like, oh, Peacock. Like, of course, I've not heard of it. Um, <laughs> True. He was like, how was it? And I'm like, eh, it's, it's nothing you've, you haven't seen before. I was like, but it was 80 minutes. And he was like, I'm in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Say less. You know, by the time I click on it to try it, it's already halfway over. I was like, might as well stick it out. Um, I think that Lumet, unless he has a longer movie, I'm guessing not. I'm <laughs> guessing that at the very least... It's Dog Day Afternoon, like 2.20, or is that like a, a shorter... Good, so <laughs> I know that one's good. Well, yes. But of the unknowns, <laughs> I would have to say just on runtime... like I would take the blind buy here on anything else over watching The Group yes. again. Oof, First rough. one up for me. First of my top 100. Yeah, and, you know, given the choices that you've made before, like, I don't know that this is the quote-unquote worst movie as far as quality, but it's the biggest slog that you picked mm, for this podcast. Yeah. Like, it was the most work. Like, this, this feels like a movie Dave would pick. <laughs> Where you're like, well, you just got to stick with it for the first 130 minutes and then it gets good. Like I, I would put this uh, to any sort of, I guess, Game of Thrones fan who's like, oh, that was all a waste of time. And I don't think they're remembering right. the joy they had in earlier seasons because right. there was no joy here. This was a, a couple episodes of Game of Thrones and completely joyless. On that note, Dave... What have you selected mm -hmm. then? A little preview. What did you pick for your first entry? So I have picked a very well thought of movie by the same director, Sidney Lumet. And I almost picked Dog Day Afternoon because I've been trying to get my soon-to-be wife to watch that movie for like two or three months at this point. And she wants to watch it, but it's always like, ah, not really in the mood for that, which is fair. Um, but I'm an idiot and didn't choose that. I chose another well-thought-of Lumet movie, uh, The Verdict, um, which I have never seen um, and was shocked to see the number of Oscar nominations in... I, I'm sure I've heard of it, but if you would have asked me, like, who's in The Verdict? Well, I mean, I, if you said, what's it about? I'd probably say a court case, but that's kind of all I would know about it. But that's what I picked, The Verdict, with Paul Newman. I am so pleased that you uh, went against your own, I guess, nature and maybe your fiancé's uh, choice of, of the two films, because I will give a minor spoiler. The Verdict is one of my favorite movies of all time. So okay. we're coming in hot all for this one. Time. So Can't wait to hate it. <laughs> you do, and you're going to get another The Group, sir. <laughs> okay, uh, it's fine. Even if I don't like it, it's fine. So, dear listeners, you have that to, to look forward to. Uh, a possibly contentious uh, episode. Uh, but at the very least, yeah. you'll get a different uh, tone from me. I'm going to come in very positive. Yes. So... And if you're listening as these come out, it's on HBO Max, so relatively available <laughs> and, and no ads, unlike this is on Tubi, that you had me watch. <laughs> I suppose we should be thankful for that it's you know it's it's out there. I was thankful for the advertisements that it <laughs> jar you back into oh god fucking break. 
should I go back? Uh, it's not letting me skip the ad. Whatever. I'm sure they'll they'll talk about it in Telegram about how great all this yes. awfulness is. Uh, thank you for listening. All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away, look away. You're not in my way. You're in my path. Look at that. All of my emotions feel the same. What a laugh. Cover your I am going to have your ticket. Do you know what you did? I said, do you know what you did? No, did. Take it easy. It's okay. It's okay. You ruined my life, mister. Me and my wife. And now I'm going to ruin yours. You don't have to go out there to see that girl. We've been going for four years now. See, four years... My wife has been crying herself to sleep. What they did to her sister. Look, I swear to you, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't turn down the offer if I thought I couldn't win the case. But you know what you thought? I am a working man, and I am trying to get my wife out of town. Now, we hired you, and I am paying you. And I got to find out from the other side that they offered $200,000. I'm going to win this. I'm going to the jury with a solid case. I got to... I got a famous doctor for an expert witness. You're gonna get what? Five, six times what you. You guys. You guys are all the same. The doctor's at the hospital, you, it's always what I'm gonna do for you. And then you screw up, and it's, uh. We did the best that we could. I'm dreadfully sorry. And people like us live with your mistakes the rest of our lives. I took back the offer. <laughs>